Welcome to another edition of Tech Post brought to you by Limerick City Community Radio in association with the Limerick Post newspaper show where we talk all about what's happening in the world of technology and I'm joined once again by Dave the Don O'Neill. Dave, welcome, welcome, welcome. How are you doing? Wow, it's great to be back. Yeah, indeed. So all good with you? All good. Yeah, excellent. Um, so let's kick off, Dave. And uh, I think this time we'll kick off with a small bit of product reviews, will we? Um, I think we both have something new, actually. We do. We've got some new yeah, toys. New toys, right. So, Dave, I'm going to start off. I have recently purchased the brand new Apple AirPods Pro second generation. Okay, so the brand new ones, right? Brand new ones. Um, I have them right here in my hand. So, um, they, okay, so I've had the original AirPods for, God, when I think about it, maybe three, four years. Yeah, Um, it was before COVID. I remember that. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Um, And they're brilliant. They're brilliant. I I love them. I absolutely love them. So I uh, invested in the new AirPods Pro. And uh, I have to say, you know, when you think that someone has or a company has a product right, and then you go for something else and you realize that the new stuff is just far beyond your expectations far far beyond um so the um okay the case is a small bit bigger than the original and uh the the new features on the case now are uh you've got you've got the it's part of the find my network so before the airpods themselves you could find them individually by making them make a noise but now the case has a speaker built into it as well. So if the case is lost, um, as in if, if you lose your AirPods and they're in the case, you can use, uh, I presume it has the U1 chip inside in it. So it'll show you where it was last seen and uh, try and guide you to it. And you can make it play a noise to locate your case. So that's one of the big new features of it. But mm. the actual um, AirPods Pro themselves. So previous generations, and I think we talked about this at one stage, about a lot of people were talking about how this, they, they didn't really stay in their ears as good as the normal AirPods. And really? Having, yeah, they were having, there was a lot of reports over the last few years, people saying that the Pro, because you see it, the Pro, you get your little, your little, uh, I'll show you here on screen, Dave, I don't know if you can see that. Um where they have the little yeah. kind of rubber tip at the end and you have to pick, you get the number of them in the case rubber, and you have to yeah. pick uh, the ones that kind of suit your ear best. And you can do yeah. a little test through the I settings on the phone to find out. I would have thought they would have fit better. Yeah, but a lot of people were saying that they they were having problems with them falling out. Um, and I, that was one of my big concerns was, was this going to be as good a fit as uh, the last time? Now, the shape of these is quite different to the normal AirPods. So when you're putting them in and out, it takes a couple of days to get used to the fact that they're, they're it almost feels like you're putting them in backwards compared to the normal ones. Right. Uh, but once you get used to it, uh, there are, I have to say the audio out of these is fabulous. They have spatial audio, which is, I, I, I just, uh, hands, hands down on that one. It's brilliant. Um, spatial audio features. But the big, big thing I really think that I have to highlight with these is the active noise cancellation. So they have three settings where you can have it in normal mode, which is like just wearing normal, um, AirPods. Uh, they have a transparency mode, which, allows you hear your surroundings through it. It kind of feeds it in through the microphones. And mm-hmm. then they have this active noise cancellation. And a friend of mine actually, he described it as witchcraft. And I have to say, I agree with him. It is stunning when you put on the active noise cancellation, even if you're not listening anything, if you just put these into your ears and turn on active noise cancellation, how much it blocks out of your surroundings. It really just, the ambient noise is 
gone it's pure silence so i can imagine if you were listening to something in a, in a noisy environment like on a, a train or on a plane mm-hmm. any place like that any place with large crowds it would make a huge difference because what it what it what it blocks out i just couldn't believe you, you it, it almost kind of gave me goosebumps when it came on because you it's like as though the whole world is gone and it's just what you're listening to in your ears. It's amazing. Um, 10 out of 10 for that. Awesome. Um, so yeah. I'm giving these a, a, a complete 10 out of 10, two thumbs up. They are a fabulous, fabulous device and a great upgrade. I'm so happy with them. So that's the Well, Air an Pascal. unintended use case of it would be like, yeah, you ever go on a plane and there's people being loud and you just want to get yeah. some rest. Yes. Yes, there you go. You're not really in the mood for music or anything. I just put them in your ears and just let the environment sink away. Oh, yeah, I'm, sh- I'm sure if you have a partner that snores, they would mm. be amazing as well. At night, you could just pop these in and uh, they're quite comfortable to wear. I've actually uh, um, once or twice, I've actually put them in to take a phone call. And mm-hmm. about 10 minutes after I was finished the phone call, I realized I was still wearing them. And with the old ones, after a long period of time, it was kind of like, oh, if you're if you're on a long phone call or if you're on a webinar or one of these online video calls or anything like that, they did get a small bit uncomfortable for longer periods. So I'm talking about like mm-hmm. if you were wearing them for like 40, 50 minutes, um, but you did know they were in your ear and with these on and I, I presume it could be down to the transparency mode because you you still get all the the ambient noise around you people talking to you uh it doesn't feel sometimes i know when you're wearing headphones or, or buds uh normal ones that you know when you're talking yourself you can't really hear your own voice back um so it it makes a difference to like you you know there's something in your ear that's blocking you hearing things but I presume with transparency mode, it makes it feel as though you're not wearing anything. So they, like, they're just so comfortable. They, these are fabulous things and they fit perfectly. I haven't had any problems with them in my ear. The only problem I have is uh, leaving them in there and forgetting that they're there. So right. that's my okay. review of these. I love them and I would highly recommend them to anybody who is thinking of... Uh, Christmas present. I'm sure Amazon Prime Day, they'll be discounted heavily. So uh, anybody who's thinking of them or an upgrade for for their loved one or for themselves even, uh, definite, definite uh, a must-have in my book anyway. So Dave, you also have a new shiny toy. I do, and I'm using it right now, as a matter of fact. Um, it's a mixing console. So for all you budding podcasters out there, established podcasters out there, If you don't have a Rodecaster Pro 2, you need to rush out and get one right now. And there's plenty of stock, you know. It's not like back a few years ago when you were scrambling to get these things. Um, But yeah, I mean, if you have, let's say, see, the Rodecaster came out in 2018, the very first edition of it. And it was made kind of exclusively for podcasters. It it, it didn't have... um, much use for other types of content creators, if you will. Okay. But the Rodecaster Pro 2 is kind of now the every creator tool, right? So right. you can, if you're a podcaster, even if you're a game streamer, mm-hmm. um, you're, you're doing radio, anything like that. Uh, hell, even if you want to record music and you want something portable that sounds really good. Right. And so, this is the tool for you. So this, uh, the device itself, the features of it, right? So you've got a, a number of inputs on the back of it. So, you do, right? Uh, so, so how many mics yeah. can it take? Okay, so it can take up to four microphones right. or four line inputs. So they're combi right. jacks, right? So they can take mics or line, whereas the original Rodecaster only had four mic jacks. Okay, all right. So you can basically, you can do stereo pairing. You can basically put um, um, two into one, basically for stereo. Or you okay. can have uh, things like guitars plugged in, uh, oh. whatever, you know? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And um, each jack can be tweaked for whether it's a microphone, a line input, or an instrument input. So an instrument right. input would have uh, even less gain and stuff like that than uh, okay. a line input would. So, right, okay. And you've yeah. got, so what, four mixing uh, sliders, four mixing panels? Uh, no, uh, no, as a matter of fact, right, you have six 
physical sliders. Now, the original had eight, but here's the thing. You have six physical sliders, but you can assign any input to any slider. So even the mic socket, right, uh, at the very uh, left of it, doesn't have to be on the leftmost slider. You can slap it on the rightmost slider if so you want. You can switch it around. It's all... Yeah. Absolutely. There's a touch screen on it, and you can basically move things around and stuff like that. And the features are going to be growing. The thing about Rode is they release a lot of firmware updates. They've already released a slew of features for it already that have improved upon the original release in June. Wow. So that's the thing. So it's not it's not cheap. But when you think about it, right, mm-hmm. for around 740 euros, right, what you're getting 740. is... okay. Yeah, but what you're getting is a studio that is worth twice, three times, four times that in oh. terms of all the features because you have all this processing on board as well. So you can you yeah. don't need to have any extra analog equipment with you to plug in a bunch bunch of processors to process each mic. If you want to sound like really professional, it's all built in. The preamps on wow. the thing as well um, that take in the microphones, they are probably the least noisy preamps that you will get at any price point below uh, 10 grand. Oh, wow. So it's really comparable to high-end stuff here. Absolutely. You're not cheaping out. That's the thing. Even though you're spending 740 bucks, you're not cheaping out on it. That's the thing. And if you're recording, say you sit down with me in a room with one of these and we bought a mic, where is it recording to? Have you, do you record it out to the network or locally on device? Okay. Well, um, it does uh, connect to the network. It has Wi-Fi, um, both 2.4 and 5 gigahertz, and also an Ethernet jack. But... Mm -hmm. You can do recording on board. There's an SD card slot at the back, so a micro SD card um, slot at the back. Or you can use one of the USB ports to plug in a portable hard drive, ah. and you can actually record to both simultaneously, so you can have a bit of redundancy as well. Ah, a bit of a backup in case something happens. Mm-hmm. And those USB ports can also be used to connect to a computer, which is what I'm doing. I have yeah. connected up to my computer, and I can just go into my, my DAW, my Adobe Audition, whatever I'm using, and hit record. Uh-huh. Right. There you go. That's amazing. And inside, so you don't in, need a computer. Yeah. So inside an Adobe Audition, then obviously, um, like each mic can be assigned to a different audio channel in Audition. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. You can do a multi track uh, yeah. or a single track kind of recording. So you okay. could do it that way. Um, now, I haven't tried it yet. Um, I've only had it for a day. Um, but uh-huh. yeah, you can, you can do that. Like it's perfectly feasible to have your inputs connected, your sliders connected to a different channel in the DAW and just do a multi track recording right off the bat. Okay, Dave. Now, the big question everybody wants to know about on this one is what are the special effects and shiny little ah, toys and things you can play ah, with on it? Have you any you can demo? <laughs> there we go. There's one. And, uh, you know, and if you want to replace me, Sean, if I'm not doing a good enough job, you can always get uh, one of those AI fellas that sound a bit like, Hello, I am Dave the Don's replacement. How are you doing today? Ah, there we go. Yeah. Actually, so many yeah, programmable I, effects here. I, that's, that's just amazing. That's brilliant. Yeah, I love it. It's fantastic. It oh, really I is. Think, I think I'm going to have to go looking at this, Dave. I think yeah, I'm yeah, going yeah. to. Yeah. All right. So, so for those like, okay, so the end, the end of this all is right. If you have a Rodecaster one or something similar, like from Tascam or any of the likes, maybe you don't need to upgrade. You don't need to upgrade, right? You yeah. would be getting more if you did. But if, if you have one of those already, you might just be fine. If you're happy with it, then don't, you know, don't panic, right? Okay. But if you're, you know, if you if you don't have any of those things and you really want to like step up your game in podcasting and mm-hmm. not spend the world on it, like you know, you don't need to go out and spend ten grand on a studio. Yeah, one of these this would is... be perfect. Okay, uh, I think uh, I think I'm going to have to. Oh, Christmas is coming, and I think I might be <laughs> splashing out. I don't <laughs> know. Dave, have what? you been a good boy this year, Shawnee? <laughs> of course I have, Dave. All <laughs> uh, all year long, all year long. So, Dave, um, just just to round it up on this now for people who are thinking of getting into podcasting or even like uh, just doing any casual recording or anything, what mic are you using at the moment? Okay, so I'm using a Electro Voice or an EV. RE320, right? This mic uh, retails for about 300 euros. Okay. Um, and $300 in the US, roughly around that. Um, it's a very good mic, but it doesn't, mm-hmm. you don't, you can get a mic for 100, 200 less that might sound nearly as good. Like, um, Rode have a good mic called the Pod Mic. Yes, uh, I've it's heard about of 100. Those, yeah, actually, I was looking at that the other day myself, yeah. actually. 
so uh, these are I need, to, I need to upgrade my mic I've got the the Yeti mic and yeah uh, it's a USB I, mic as well yeah, yeah. exactly yeah so so mm-hmm. uh, would uh, being a USB mic would that plug into your roadcaster okay that brings me to a good point um no but okay. it's slated as a possible feature in uh, the future okay so but look can't guarantee it yeah but okay. it's possible and road might be able to release a, um, a firmware update with that feature in it all right okay so 10 out of 10 for you, Dave, on that? I would go with 8 out of 10, um, to be honest with you. Um, There's a few things that I personally would like. Uh, I would like more connectivity via USB in terms of the audio devices it places in Windows and stuff like that. So if I had um, a few, uh, even one more extra audio device, a virtual device in Windows to play with, um, then that could shoot me up two points. Right. Okay. That's great. So there you have it, folks. There's the review section of the tech post. And if you have anything you want us to look at, give a review, give some uh, details of, if you have any tech questions, any problems you might be having, uh, get in touch with us uh, uh, on techpost at limerickpost.ie and we will do our best. So Dave, we don't have any listener questions this week, but I do have one thing that a uh, really weird thing that happened to me during the week and I I suppose I didn't really get an answer for it. Um, I, I, I showed you a bit of this the other day, Dave, and <clears throat> it hasn't, hasn't, I haven't gotten any resolution to it. Um, effectively, I had two people of the same name in my address book on my iPhone and they were only distinguished by I had their company name in, in the company field. All right. Mm. And suddenly, the, now this was working before because this was all fine because I was in text contact with uh, one of them and I had the text history there of me talking to him. But when I went to the information on that text, um, the I button just to look at the, of, of like the details of the sender and went to the more info it showed me the number of the other person with the same name. So I didn't realize at first because I was going to their info just to make a phone call to them and press the call button. And then I got the answering machine of the other person with the same name and suddenly realized, hey, I'm onto the wrong person here. So I looked it up, looked at the details and I couldn't understand it because the text messages that I was sending were going to the right person. But when I looked at the info and phoned them, that made the phone call to the wrong person. And it, it obviously, because they had the same name, something has gotten kind of mixed up in their linking of their IDs. But which is weird because if you, if the, if the IDs are, are, are kind of mixed up or jumbled, then the text messaging app is doing the right one, but the phone call app is doing the wrong one. Could be a missing ID as well, and then could be picking the first one it gets. Mm, could be. Yeah. It's weird. No, I've never come across that before. Um, yeah. yeah just for context, are contacts on iOS held on device or are they stored up in the iClouds? Both. Um, so they'd okay. be. So I, I do have it synced with the iCloud because it syncs it to all my devices then. Right. And um, I it just. I, I, I've never seen this before. It's it's just something that just came up recently. Now, I have other people in my contacts list where I might have two people of the same name. And uh, it's never happened. I've never seen it. But just this one. And the weird one was just that the text messages were going to the right person. Check the info on, on the sender or the person I'm sending to. And it shows me the number for the, for the other person. So I ended up like deleting one of them to see would that work and then the info on the text messages showed me as a blank person oh <laughs> yeah so i'm going to have to do a bit more digging but overall dave i have to say that i've had a good few issues with ios 16 so far i think it's not the most stable um operating system it's not their best release i think there's a few bits and pieces that they need to get right on this. Um, yeah, I think dot one's coming out soon, isn't it? it <clears throat> it's slated to come out soon. And one of the things that, um, because they, like they released it for the iPhone, but they didn't release it for the iPad yet. So you can Yeah, get, yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. And one of the big reasons for that is 
this new thing called Stage Manager. Uh, oh, yeah. We talked about it at one stage in one of the after WWDC. They're having huge problems getting that right. Huge, huge problems. There's a lot, a lot of bugs in that coming out through all the different betas. And it it seems to be that could be holding up a lot of stuff. So 16.1 is due and I'm looking forward to it because I do hope it, uh, I do hope it resolves some of my issues that I've had. Um, but some, some of the things I'm talking about, Dave, actually, they're not even just issues with, as in bugs. They're, they're things that they've changed. So, for instance, like the, the lock screen, right? Um, you know, the way you got widgets on the lock screen now and you could have multiple yeah. lock screens and everything. So one thing I've noticed on mine is if you start playing music, your lock screen becomes the album art. Right? Mm. And it completely replaces all your widgets. It's like they're gone. It just yeah, takes you over get the whole that in Android too. Yeah, but what's like? Where are my widgets? Like, why? Why are you taking over the this? There's plenty of space there to put album art without also covering over the widgets or removing that with the album art. It yeah. doesn't have to. I, so, I wouldn't know because uh, we don't have uh, widgets on the uh, Android lock screen so much. We do have the media player that that will show yeah. up in, on with the background album art and stuff like that. But it doesn't yeah. happen to the degree you're saying. Like, yeah. And the, yeah, one more other thing that is such an annoyance before when you had your media player on the lock screen. So if I started music or a podcast, um, the media player also had the volume slider in it. So you could slide to locate where in the podcast you wanted to get to your timeline. And yep. there was a slider at the bottom for the volume. They've removed that. So oh. now if I am walking around the house and I get my phone and I put it down and I start a podcast and the volume is wrong, I have to go and use the buttons at the side to turn the volume up to where I want. And there's no visual indication to show me like where what, what I'm at. Whereas before I could just press play and then slide the volume to where I wanted it to be. So removing that for uh, for what I think is no reason. There's no reason. It's, it's removing an interface option that's been there for years and now it's gone. And that, that really bugs me. Something that there's no reason for them to remove the volume slider from that interface. So, yeah, no, that would annoy me too. Yeah. yeah. There's a few other bits and pieces around it, but uh, in, in iOS 16 that are that are really, uh, they're just, I don't know, there's just some half-baked things, I think, and stuff that really wasn't thought out uh, that I just, uh, it's, it's, I look forward to next year when we get iOS 17, to be honest, <laughs> hopefully. Do you? Really? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, uh, I, I might end up using my going, words on that. Yeah, I might end up. You might be words. going back to 15. Yeah, I think. Milking uh, it for as long as possible. <laughs> you know, that brings me to a, a thing. I was watching a video yesterday, and I think I sent it on to you. I don't know if you, you caught it. You but, um, did, yeah, you sent it on to me. Yeah, um, the whole thing of not having a back button in iOS. Mm -hmm. And that annoys me too, as an Android user who's used to having a physical back button. Uh, yeah. not, not so much a physical one anymore, but, you know, I, one at the bottom of the interface. Yeah. Um, one that's and I in a reliable place. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's always in the same place yeah. for me. And I, I love it. And if and I always find myself like, oh, how do I get back? How do I get back? Oh, is it is it up here? Is it is it up there or whatever? Yeah. Whenever I'm using iOS or anything like that, it kind of it gets to me. Yeah, I have to say now I watched that and I fully agree with that um person on the video you were you you right. showed me. Um it is so it's such a fundamental part of the user interface and mm. like you know with some of the browsers every so often they'll they'll come up with this new user interface and they'll think they get get rid of things like the home button the reload button the back button things like that they'll move them around and straight away the entire community is on them giving out about it and they roll back at it um and the same thing happened to apple when they started making changes in iOS 15 to Safari, they were forced to go backwards as well on a lot of the interface changes they made. Um, but I have to say I agree with that as well because it's not, it's in in di every different app, you're down to the developer, whether the developer puts it in in a certain place or not. That's and right. The point that your man made was that a lot of the world is right-handed and he's right. Mm. There is a fair share of them are right-handed. And you're holding the phone in your right hand and you're 
having to reach up to the top left of the phone to get to the back button if it's there, depending on whether the application developer has put it there or not. And mm. it is a design nightmare. I have to fully agree with him on that. It is. I, I would prefer if they had something down at the bottom that's just always in the same place that says, here, this is where you press with your thumb to go back. Yeah. Now, Android has done it as well in the sense that they've gotten rid of the, the three-button navigation thing as almost the default option on later versions of Android, where it's more gesture-controlled now. But yeah. um, but they, they're still, for the moment, giving you the option to switch it to the three-button navigation thing that I've always been using. And that is something I stick with for as long as I can anyway. Yeah. it's you got to give people an interface that they're expecting and yeah. usable and makes sense and intuitive. And some of the things that they're doing now, I know they're trying to just kind of get things out of your way to make full use of the screen, but making full use of the screen is not what you should be doing at the sacrifice of usability. Yeah, I would agree with that. Absolutely. And some okay. people will say, though, Shawnee, and like, you know, um, opponents of us will say, well, get with the times. Times are changing. You can't stick with the old school for forever, you know? Yeah, well... I think I'll go out and build a car that has the steering wheel at the back and the pedals, yeah, okay. the pedals go. are above your head that you press with your, your hands because it's like, oh, this makes more sense. <laughs> yeah, you can steer with your, your there are There are things that have become a way of doing it and they make yeah. sense because yeah. that's the way of doing it. You don't put the, the throttle for a motorbike down by your foot. It's it's There's things you do and this is the way it's done. Um, and it has become the tried and trusted, tested way of doing things worldwide. And you don't mess with them. So, yeah, I know there's get with the times and changing interfaces, but sometimes changing an interface for the sake of changing it. No, I'm not with that. I'm not with that. No, that's right. a Microsoft thing. <laughs> yeah. Dave, all right, let's get on with what's been happening in the last month. We've kind of rented on about some of the stuff there a bit too long. We did. Now. So uh, first one on the list here, and we'll we'll give this um, a minimum amount of time possible. Um, Elon Musk is buying Twitter again. <laughs> he is. Oh, yeah, I forgot that uh, we hadn't uh, gotten to that in the last show, of yeah. course. <laughs> yeah. So the new story um, that keeps going. Right. He's, so yeah. he was getting sued because he backed out of the deal. Then when the court case is due to be heard or whatever, yeah. uh, he decides, oh, no, I'll buy it after all. I'll buy it after all. But apparently that course is, case is going to go ahead and there's a lot of things happening around him at the moment. He's been uh, yeah. he's been made to answer for a few things. So, so anyway, this is something that probably next month we'll talk about again because I'm sure there's going to be loads happening with Elon Musk and Twitter over the next month because the there court be, cases yeah. are due. So let's, um, let's, the, the the news story that keeps giving. Let's uh, let's wait till next month and see what happens. All right, the big event that happened, the Google Pixel reveal. Pixel, yeah, yeah, absolutely. They called it made by Google. Made by Google, twenty twenty two. That was it. Yeah. All right. So they unveiled the new Pixel Seven and Pixel Seven Pro. And they also unveiled the Pixel Watch and a new mm -hmm. Pixel tablet with a lovely twist. So let's go first of all with the uh, the phones, the Pixel 7 and Pixel 7 Pro. Um, uh, okay, they spent 15 minutes talking about colors. We're not going to do that. <laughs> no. Everybody and there was knows, only three colors. <laughs> yeah. And everybody knows my stance on, on colors at this stage now on devices. It's like old news stop, stop. I, I hate to admit it i don't like the colors of their new lineup of colors i prefer apples right but we're not talking about colors <laughs> right big thing that they had on that they made an announcement there that they're including a vpn at no extra cost right that, yeah yeah the google what, what is it called a vpn one or something is it or yeah yeah it's part of google one's um yeah. subscription service right yeah so they, they're including that at no extra cost. Um, and everybody's like VPNs, you, you can't you can't listen to a podcast. You can't listen to any 
thing on TV or radio these days without some VPN ad coming at you. And you especially can't go onto YouTube or any website these days without some VPN ad being presented in front of you. Uh, but I came across an article during the week where it showed that uh, both iOS and Android are bypassing VPN connections that most apps on your phone uh, will bypass your VPN connection. And they can do that, right? Yeah. And mainly for a lot of it is for DNS lookups. So if you type in a web address into something, mm-hmm. the to, the way the computers talk to each other is like by phone numbers. So you type in a web address, it does a lookup to get the number associated with it so they can then talk to that server to get the data. And most of the information that's been leaked is around those D- DNS lookups. But it just shows that they can do it for all traffic. And that's a serious, serious flaw in both operating systems that like when a VPN is active, no traffic should be allowed. The operating system should not be allowing anything go outside of that VPN. I agree. It would be the same on Windows. Like, I mean, if I had my VPN software fired up, yeah, uh, I would expect everything to be going through the VPN. Simple as that. Yeah. Exactly. So I yeah. um, like the, there's a couple of guys have have done their research on this. They've used a program called uh, Wireshark, and they've yes. shown the results where it's quite obvious that like we're talking about system apps, not just third party apps. We're talking about system apps and um, on iOS and Android, and for Google to say they were going to be including a VPN, but their operating system will bypass VPN. It's a bit weird. It's a bit odd. And and people might say, what's the problem with DNS traffic being bypassing it? Well, the DNS traffic is what tells people what website you're going to. So if they have that lookup, then they know what sites you're going to. So that is tracking. So it's I don't know. It's just it's it's ridiculous that yeah. I, in this day and age, and and some of these like say with iOS, this was highlighted back in iOS thirteen that there was a problem mm. with this, and we're still we're now on iOS sixteen and it's still an issue. So I do we go do we go down the rabbit hole of uh, conspiracy theory here, Dave? We could do. I mean, there's plenty to go around. Um, but for me, you know, the conspiracy is pretty simple, right? Um, Google, you know, uh, can you trust them with your, with all your traffic? If you get their VPN, mm. I mean, they were touting how private it is, blah, 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 right? Yeah. But a lot of the VPN companies, the top ones anyway, would be located in certain areas of the world that are not uh, susceptible to government interference and uh, yeah. outside of the five eyes, et cetera, right? Yeah. Uh, and they claim anyway that they don't log your activity in any way, shape or form. So if it came down to it, nobody could ever find out what sites you were visiting. Like, you know, so there's no shame, right? But can you really trust Google to offer that same level of confidence in, you know, or well, uh, the same level of privacy? I mean, I would have as much faith in them as I would have in any VPN company because we've seen how many times in the past that all the ones who said, we don't log your details, and then suddenly it comes out they were logging your details. That's happened mm. on multiple occasions. So yeah. I don't trust any of them. But to be fair, though, I think the majority of people who use VPNs are not really doing it for the sake of uh, you know uh, privacy and stuff like that. They just want to bypass geoblocking, really. Correct. Yeah, most yeah. of them are for to getting uh, streamable video content. Yeah, yeah, that's why I have it. Right. Yeah. Let's Simple, go on with the pixels, Dave. The Pixel Seven, anyway, yes. right? Uh, specs and details on that. Uh, so it's mm. got a 6.3 inch display, um, yep. a dual camera system, and mm-hmm. priced at five nine nine dollars. So probably yeah, about um, probably translate to about seven hundred euros. I would say with it. I don't know. Look, why don't I just head on to the Google shop anyway and see? Uh, sure, you see what buy one while you're going for it. Buy one live on air, Dave. <laughs> go with your new Roadcaster Pro. <laughs> um, okay. Well, uh, here's the here's the skinny on that. So the Pixel 7 starts at 649. 649. That's not too bad. Yeah. Uh, price mm-hmm. difference, that's not too bad. We did highlight um, on one of the last shows about 
the difference in the pricing between dollars and euros of the new iPhone 14s uh, yeah. or iCamera. Funnily enough, uh, the dollar's worth more than the euro right now, I believe. It is indeed, yeah. So, mm. um, so yeah, that's not bad. 649, that's... That's an okay yeah. translation. Um, and when you think about it, you have to realize as well that five ninety nine is is pre tax. Like the, the, oh, yeah, the tax yeah. over there is depending on where yeah. you live, so they're yeah. going to have to pay something on top of that for tax. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So mm. right. Yeah, that that's comparable. Um, the pro version is advertised at eight nine nine dollars. Do you have the euro price there in front of you? I do indeed. So it's eight ninety nine, and it's eight ninety nine. Oh. Yeah. Wow. There I'm you surprised. go. I am surprised. Very it is quite surprising, yeah. Okay. Um, so the the Pro one then has the 6.7-inch screen and a three-camera yeah. system. Uh, I'm still not a fan of that camera bar that they have across the back of it. You know, uh, I think it looks better this year than it did last year. I think, I, I, like, the whole visor look was kind of cool for about five seconds, and then you're yeah. just kind of like, mm, yeah. no. But I think they did a, a bit more of a stylish job of it on the Pixel 7. They did. It does look better, but I'm still not a fan of it. Um, no, no, I know, not, I know no, a camera not really, bump yeah. on the back of most phones is bad anyway, but they have to do that for to be able to get the, the photography. Um, yeah. the, the, you, you have to have space for the lenses and the sensors. Uh, Correct, so yeah. There's nothing you can do about that, and that's why DLS, DSLR cameras will always be so much better because you have the space for a proper lens uh, mm. for, for zooming and everything. But... Um, We'll caveat that though. It's the fact that see DSLRs are using plain hardware to to get their their um, stuff, yeah. you know, to get their shots. Whereas Google and Apple and Samsung and all those right have done a lot with software to make it Correct. possible to get really good photos. Yeah. So it's a there's a lot of software in there, proprietary stuff that the DSLR makers at Canon don't have. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. But that's that's where like the professional photographers they want the photo raw. Oh yeah. So that then they can put it into their computer and do mm-hmm. some processing on it uh, yeah. in Photoshop or whatever. Absolutely. Okay. I was amazed to see that they have face unlock, which is the same as face ID, um, and f- under display fingerprint. So they went with both options again on this. Um, so yeah. Well, yeah. face unlock is not new. Yeah, I know, but they just have the both. I thought that at some stage they'd kind of switch to just having one. No, no, no. Um, a lot of the time, it's it's both. Yeah. They're not Apple, Shawnee. <laughs> you don't need both. You only need one. No. Um, <clears throat> Tensor G2 chip inside in these looked yep. pretty good. Specs looked really, really good on this. And uh, there was some really, really nice features that are coming to this Pixel phone. Um, the transcribing of audio messages. So if somebody sent you a voice message, it will transcribe mm-hmm. that for you. So if you're in a place where you can't really listen to it, it'll actually show you the text. Um, I've seen this in action, by the way. Can I just I cut do. in here for a second? Uh, because I use Google Voice. It's an American-only service, which you can yeah. get around very easily, by the way, yeah. right? But Google Voice, like if you set your Google Voice to have an answering machine and it will take your voicemail recording or whatever have you, it will do a transcription of it. Okay, It's okay. Yeah, It's not great. It's not uh, totally accurate. Yeah, but it'll get close enough. Yeah. All right. Um, the call screening was very nice as well. I saw that of like it'll answer it for you and say, like, oh, one second we're going to put you through whatever and say your Which name is a Google something. Voice feature too, by the yes, way. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So um, that that was kind of nice as well because if you do have a business phone, it can kind of do like it helped. Uh, like we we don't have the same degree of robo calling as they do over in the US. Oh uh, God, no! But, thankfully, but it is getting higher over here. It is it is happening a lot more. Uh, mm. But um, the, the that's a nice a nice little feature. Um, the guided framing for selfies. They did a lovely feature there where they showed a blind person can, taking yeah. a, a guided like taking a selfie. And it was something I never thought about before that, like, yeah, how would this person know whether the camera is pointing at them or not for taking mm-hmm. a selfie? And this guided framing where the actual phone will tell you whether you're in the shot or not and mm-hmm. take a picture. That was brilliant. I really, really have to give them kudos for that. I love I, I think love that, that was the most innovative thing they've done in years. Yeah, I love correct, it. Correct. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of some of the most innovative stuff is around accessibility now. And it's brilliant mm. to see this coming to those devices. It's so cool. Lovely stuff. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> then the unblur of images. 
Now, first of all, we all know that the phones, when they take photos at the moment, you've got a couple of lenses on it. So it's taking photos from different lenses at the same time. And it's probably taking multiple photos at the same time, blending them all together, taking the best parts out of each photo so that you get the, the what we talked about a while ago, the proper on-device processing, so that you get the low-light conditions right, you get the details of the person right, the definition, the skin tones and everything. But this one was where they're going over your old photos, stuff you might have taken on your Nokia phone years ago yeah. uh, or, or any other like 35-millimeter camera that, that you scanned in at some stage. And they're sharpening, unblurring, making the details so much better on those. I love that feature. I absolutely yeah. love that feature. Now, but here's the thing, right? Now, we know last year when they introduced that uh, thing where you could remove um, stuff from your pictures and stuff yeah. like that, and it would be content aware and replace it with the correct background and stuff yeah. like that, right? In practice, it wasn't as good as the cherry-picked demos that Google did. Okay? No, it wasn't, no. So... I have the same reservations about this kind of stuff. So before you buy, it is imperative that you watch many reviews. True, true. Many okay. reviews on YouTube and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay, true. Yeah, I will actually. I still just, I know myself, I have loads and loads of old photos. Loads of them. And I would love to, even if it mightn't get to the detail and the the, the level that they showed in the demo, just if it could take, if, if I got half of what I expected out of it, I'd be happy yeah. to get some of those old shots unblurred. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Absolutely. So, right. Um, before we move on, Dave, on the pixels, on the on the phones, um, they also had a kind of a dig at Apple about. Oh, no, they did. New, yes, absolutely. RCS, right, which is your. What, what is it, rich communication system or something and saying something that, like, like that, yeah. They were basically saying that like everybody should be on board with this and everything and that they're supporting it and all that. And like they want RCS to be adopted because it's really a direct competitor to iMessage. So the features that you have would have in iMessage. They, Google have tried so many times to have their own kind of messaging system to yeah. compete with it and it's never taken off. And they're trying to push forward RCS. And that would be great on its own, except for the fact that your carrier has to support RCS as well. So there's no point in the phone having RCS because you put it onto our Vodafone network over here or your tree network or your air network. And you still can't use it. So your phone can use it, but the carrier can't support it. Yeah, but carriers will go on demand, though. You know, if there's enough demand for it, they'll they'll implement it. They they will, but like we can, I suppose we can still see how they're not uh, implementing eSIM support on devices over here yet. What are yeah. the chances of them doing? And I'm still I'm, even when you go to like America, there's a lot of carriers over there don't have RCS support yet. So even mm. if your carrier supports it, the person you're trying to send the message to, their carrier might not support it, and you've no way. But but it is kind of a good goal to, to try and get to a universal adoption of a standard, right? So, you know, the ideal position will be that every phone um, supports it and every carrier supports it, then we'll have something that is consistent. So Correct. you can't really knock them for trying. No, I'm not knocking them for trying, but I think RCS is still a long way off what it should be. Uh, yeah. If you actually dig into the details of it, there's a lot of... Um, limitations of rcs anyway so it it may it may like it may end up being like matter which apparently is supposedly released at the moment version one of the spec is supposed is to be released. yeah i heard the other day that they released version one of the specs so and now we have to wait for everybody to support matter um so i think <sighs> it could we could be waiting for 2030 2040 maybe <laughs> 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 if we see it in our lifetime dave <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. Nice little dig. Anyway, right. Uh, Dave, let's move on to the Pixel Watch. So, okay. Um, right. Okay. So before we go uh, on to the Pixel Watch, uh, Pixel 7, Pixel 7 Pro, would you be giving them kind of a out of 10 thumbs up, thumbs down? Where are you on those? You know, I'm, I'm still a bit... Um, uh, 
I'm not, I'm not fully on board with them. And the reason being is because I know, for me, I like to have the most powerful device possible. And I know the proof is in the usage and stuff like that, but I know that the Tensor GPU is based off of a Samsung, um, sorry, Tensor CPU is based off a Samsung CPU. And I know Samsung CPUs are a bit behind Snapdragons and we know Snapdragon is behind Apples, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Why they're using somewhat older technology fleshed with new or blended with new technology. It just, I don't know. I don't know. Right. Okay. So Look, you're kind this of, is me. You're this on is me. All right? You're on the fence with them. All right. I know, yeah. but I, I can't get past my, my own brain and it's right. many, many I, flaws in this. I one. think in terms of pricing for features, yes, I have to say I'd be giving these a good seven or eight out of 10. Yeah. Yeah. For, I would for, agree yeah, on that. Yeah. yeah. It, it, when you, when you go through all the features that they have and what you're getting on them, um, and the performance and all the different bits and pieces in terms of the software features as well, I would have to, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be here at maybe a seven, 7.5 on these. I'd be, I'd, I'd be giving them like a, a recommendation anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I okay. would still recommend you check out reviews, but they seem like good bang for your buck. I do like the pricing, especially they yeah. are very, uh, yeah. For, yeah. for the price it's if they yeah. if they if these were maybe two hundred dollars more each i would be saying not a hope but for what you're getting for what they are yeah definitely mm. right pixel watch um coming with yeah. um pixel watch there is the normal version 349 dollars which probably i'm expecting it to be something similar over here and the lte version 399 which you can buy but uh would be useless over here because the carriers in ireland do not support devices <laughs> not a one <laughs> no so um uh, I, I, it, oh, it still well, irks me it still irks me it uh, does it does uh, and i can tell you that i can only give you the price for the uh, non-lte model right okay. because that's the only one that's on sale over here and it's yeah. 379 379 not bad not bad okay right I, pretty much what you expect in terms of dollar to euro pricing so um six months of fitbit premium built in with these are included with these and yeah. i don't have much else to say about these except for i don't like them because of the round display i still think that's wrong i i don't see what the insistence of having a round display on an electronic device is <laughs> i i just i just don't get it i don't get it it's it's aesthetics more than the actual like they are favoring the external aesthetics right over everything else when they're doing that i think in my opinion yes but like round displays were made because watches clocks were made with a round face on them for the time to be go around because you your two hands going around looking at them. Mm -hmm. these are digital items like digital watches when you if you go back to the 80s when we had our red led displayed uh, digital watches they were not round they were square you remember the calculator watches that came they were square yeah uh, they're doing this round thing for to me no reason because even in their demos loads of times in the demo the text was being cut off because it was like you had a dialogue box and the text at the top and the bottom was unreadable. Parts of words were missing because it needed a square display. Every display we've seen everywhere, where, you're, where it's your monitor, your phone, your laptop, your iPad, everything, it's all in that rectangle format. And I think, I think this should be because it's not just for showing the time on a round display on a round watch face. It's for actual use as an electronic item for health tracking, sleep tracking, notifications, text messages, everything, the whole lot. And I, I just don't get it. I, it, I don't know. Yeah, uh, look, I hear you. I do hear you. But here's something I got for you here right now. I, I agree with you, by the way. I'm not trying to uh, you know say I don't. I have a round watch and I can see the, the pitfalls of that. But I think with the round um, watch body that you can you you get more width than you would on a rectangular watch because you're not going to be like there's no square watches, right? So they're not going to be the same dimensions in all four yeah. sides. Yeah. So you do get a slightly wider um, aspect when you're when you when your watch face is circular, right? 
Mm-hmm. So in that way, it kind of does counteract it a little bit. But yes, the cutoff and the, the, yeah. the but that, where the yeah. corners would otherwise yeah. be is a bit annoying. Yeah. yeah, you only get that like it's only for the text that's in the middle of the display that you're going to get that full width. Yeah. Anything up the top bottom. Like I've heard of people getting notifications on round watch faces where the yes and no button were below at the bottom and the text <laughs> was cut off. So you didn't know which button was which. <laughs> that's bad interface yeah. design. Though, yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, anyway, I, I don't know. I, and the bezels are quite big. The demo didn't show this because they were very clever with what they showed on the on the demo. But if you actually mm. look a bit more at it, the bezels are quite big on this. The screen area is very small compared to the actual size of the watch. Um, yeah. So if you've got a black round watch face, then that's all you need it to do. Then go and buy a normal analog watch. <laughs> <laughs> that's true save a lot of money exactly. but uh yeah um <laughs> a wind-up watch or a battery-powered normal uh swatch or something any one of these watches they'll do fine instead of getting this right dave okay well, one more jab at this okay. right and and i i yeah, so um, they said it has an amazing one-day battery, right? Um, and I think part of the reason for that is because they put an old enough processor in there from 2019-ish or whatever. Oh, they really? were in previous Samsung phones. It's a Samsung processor that they used. Oh. So it's not using the latest and greatest. Therefore, right. it's not going to be as energy efficient. Right, okay. And obviously not as fast, so... Yeah, and, and at that price point, at the price point of what we're looking at, we're yeah. looking into like Galaxy Watch 4 territory, yes. 5 territory, right? Yeah, you are actually, They should yeah. be using the same processor, right? Yeah. If it's it's something, yeah, there you go. So they're cheaping you out. Okay. I think so. I do. Right. Next part then, we'll gloss over this quickly, Dave, because they didn't really, like, the, it's the Pixel tablet and they're announcing it that it's coming out in 2023. Yeah, I was a bit disappointed in that. We've I had thought, this I discussion like, before with different yeah. providers announcing stuff and saying it's available next year. It's like, yeah. why? Why why not wait until next year to announce it? Um, so the Pixel tablet, normal, okay, it's an Android tablet. It looks the same as all the rest of them. Uh, but I really, really liked the idea that they showed of this pairing with a speaker dock. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, very good. So so effectively, you have your speaker dock and this thing will just magnetically mount to it and make it like um, an echo show or something like that. And yeah. uh, it will also then wirelessly charge it when it's docked to it. And yeah, and it looked huge it. as well. I don't know how big the screen was, but it did look pretty big. Yeah, it, it like it looked like kind of a 10 inch screen or 11 inch screen. Um, we have more and, than 10 I'd say yeah. yeah and and when it's docked then it can be used like obviously for you can still use it for all your normal stuff but you can use it as mm. your smart home controller you can use it as a photo frame uh, you can use it for playing anything video looking at recipes anything and as your smart speaker so yeah um, now the question I had for it and I haven't been able to find this out yet is is the dock usable if the tablet is not paired to it. So that's a good question. So yeah. let's say is it a smart speaker. Yeah. So let's say the two of us are in the house and I pick the tablet up and I walk off upstairs with the tablet and I'm using it upstairs. Yeah. And you're downstairs. Can you still talk to the dock and ask it to do smart home things or play music? That's one I would hope so, but uh, yeah. yeah. That's my good first question. question. So well, actually that's my only question on it because as a concept, oh brilliant. I, I looked at it and I went, yeah. I'd love that in the house. I'd love that in the house. But as I thought about it a bit more then, I was like, does this mainly suit one person occupancy homes? Because let's say, um, let's say there's like three, four people in the house. Mm -hmm. And this is down to whether the dock is usable or not. If I'm, if I pick up the tablet and take it away, the dock becomes a kind of a redundant item. So what's the, I don't know, like without the tablet, is the dock really kind of any good? And if I'm playing something from the tablet and I pick the tablet up, will the tablet still be able to wirelessly stream to the dock? You'd hope so. Yeah, yeah, they didn't go into these uh, finer details, really. It was more like a quick 
overview, really. And um, But those are two very excellent questions. And you know, when I was watching it myself, I thought to myself, yeah, I wonder if you were to have multiples of these, right? Multiple tablets or whatever, which yeah. is probably what they're trying to do. They're probably trying to get houses to have like one per person. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like I'm how sure would they so, interact yeah. with each other? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, can you swap, if you had two tablets, can you swap the tablets onto a dock just for charging? Yeah, you probably could. Well, in theory, uh, I can't see them not doing that. That would be a very big omission, in my opinion. But those two questions you had, well, the one in particular, is the dock usable? That is vital. Yeah, Yeah. that's a big one. So there wasn't really any more details given on this, really, except that it's coming out next year. So, yeah. uh, yeah. My prediction is that it's going to be expensive. Yes, definitely, definitely expensive. Yeah. Uh, but I, w- I do like the I do like the concept if it's done right. I do like that idea of being able to just take something away from even just the fact that it's wirelessly charging and it becomes like a home hub that it is usable like that. Um, yep. Yeah, I definitely would like to see something similar coming for the iPad where you had your um, your HomePod that had a dockable interface to it. Um, uh, the tech, the technical part of me behind it is actually questioning the the charging, wirelessly charging something, a battery that size in a tablet is, but like wirelessly charging a phone takes a long time. Wirelessly charging a battery in a tablet would take a long time. <laughs> So uh, I think they're getting better. I think that the, the amount of wattage they're pushing out nowadays is quite good. But it gets very warm. If you if you if you've ever used like a seven point five or a ten watt wireless charger, my God, mm-hmm. the heat on the back of your device when you pick it off it, it's bonkers. It's really okay. really high. Yeah, really high. So there's massive heat dissipation there. I I don't know. Up to me, I I look at it and I'm saying five six watts of wireless charging is enough uh, for for what I would consider safety. After that, yeah. I see a lot of heat issues there with anything that I've used over that. Yeah, right, uh, Dave, um, right, before we finish up, because we're coming to the end of the show, hell has frozen over again uh, because uh, um, Apple are, a, um, well, what they're saying that in the Microsoft store, um, uh, this uh, Microsoft upgraded the, the processors and their Surface events recently. And uh, they also said that um, you're going to get Apple Music, Apple TV, and Windows 11 Photos app is going to integrate with iCloud Photos. So the Apple universe is coming to the Apple metaverse, I suppose we call it. <laughs> is it a universe, a metaverse, or a multiverse? We don't know. Um, but the scam is it. what it is. We're living in it. Um, so that um, Apple Music is uh, available on the Xbox, and um, I, I think Apple TV is available on the Xbox as well. The Apple TV app, not the subscription, which has the same name, stupidly. But anyway, there. I know, uh, right? Yeah. So next year, that uh, you're going to be able to get these apps in the Microsoft App Store. Uh, so there's a bit of a crossover coming. And uh, I think it's good news as well that you can integrate iCloud Photos into the Microsoft Photos app as well. And lastly then, uh, Google Stadia, their gaming service that launched there uh, probably, <laughs> what, only <laughs> two years ago? Uh, two, three years ago, yeah. 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 Uh, and we, we actually announced it at the time. I think we talked about it at the time, saying that this was coming. And they're closing it down in Google fashion. Yeah. That uh, another thing that they threw against the wall and it didn't stick. So it is uh, being closed down and they're refunding all hardware and software purchases made for it. <laughs> they are, yeah. 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 So, oh God. So I think. Um, How people, can you trust them? No, like they, anything they bring out, it's it's amazing how many things there's. I think there's a couple of websites that have tracked their services over the years of what they've brought out and how long they've lasted yeah. and they've shut down. And it's a growing list of things that they launch to major fanfare and uh, much ado about nothing. It closes down a couple of years later because it just was useless. 
Yeah, so. yeah, it's absolutely true. And you know, it's it's not just about consumers here, right? Because you have to look at it this way. Developers have to invest a significant amount of time Correct. and resources into getting their stuff yeah. onto it. Yes. Yes. So if they were to ever say, oh yeah, we're coming back into the gaming sphere again, how many you know reputable seen, developers will go, yeah, let's go all in on this? We've seen the exact same thing happen to Microsoft when in the mobile game. The exact yeah. same thing happened. If you can't trust... Well, they played dirty. State, they did play dirty. They did, yes, they did, yeah. Mm. So you have to be able to go into something that uh, that you know that you've got longevity in to try and make some money back on, on your investment on of time uh, and yeah. effort. Anyway, Dave, we come to the end of another show and uh, thanks a million for joining me and we shall uh, be back again next month with a bit more tech news for everybody. And don't forget, get in touch with us, techpost at limerickpost.ie. Pop us an email if you have any questions or problems and uh, if you'd like to be featured on the show as well, if you've got, if you're local here in Limerick and you've got some great news and technology get in touch with us so dave thanks a million and we'll talk to you again soon bye tech post is brought to you by limerick city community radio 99.9 fm every weekend and in association with the limerick post newspaper it also goes out as part of the podcast feed from the limerick post where you can get this show and loads more great shows please give us a rating and review if you like this show in whatever podcast app you use don't forget you can get in touch with us at techpost at limerickpost.ie if you have any questions, comments or suggestions or if you'd like to be featured on the show. Key music is by Dylan Flynn and the Dead Poets and you can get their great music on Apple Music and Spotify and production assistance from Eric Fitzgerald.